Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is Lewis Bolnez. He is a female fat loss and lifestyle coach helping to create strong, confident women through his no bullshit fitness advice. That was a lot to say. In this conversation, we discuss why Lewis coaches women for a living, how to stop focusing on scale weight, his tips for fat loss and muscle growth, his main bugbears with the social media fitness industry, how fitness can improve your self-confidence in other areas of life, and how to balance food and training. I really enjoy having these kind of conversations because... I've said it before, but I think the online world of health and fitness is so confusing, especially to someone who's just starting out on their fitness journey. So it's really great to be able to get the answers to the questions that we all have. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get on with the episode. Lewis, welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm fighting a bit of a cold this week, so <laughs> apologies to anyone listening if I sound a bit bunged up. But anyway, we're going to talk about all things health Let's and fitness today. <laughs> so my first question to you is, why did you decide to coach women for a living? Why did I decide? I actually didn't start coaching women for a living. Mm-hmm. I started more, so I've been PTing for like four or five years. Yeah. I tried to go for more of like a psychographic rather than a demographic because the way that I coach and the way I think about coaching, I was trying to put that more forward. But then there's always a point where if you talk to everyone, you can't talk to no one. And my history of coaching predominantly was women. So it just resonated more with the style of how I coach people and maybe the philosophy that I have with it. It really just resonated with all the women that I was working with rather than men. So it just kind of transitioned. So it wasn't like a choice yeah. as such. It was just more so like, I'm getting the best out of these people. Like, like I'm getting the best out of women rather than men. And then it just sort of transpired into that. Yeah, because I mentioned that I was doing this podcast to a friend and they said, oh, I just find it a bit strange when guys coach women because mm. like, are they just... Do they just want the pictures? It's like, obviously it's not that. (laughs) But like you've clearly tapped into a demographic and it's working for you. Exactly. So before we get into all things women's fitness, give me a bit of your experience. Like what are your 
Credentials. Credentials. I'm yeah. just a PT. I'd love to reel off <laughs> loads of like interesting things. But no, I've been PTing since, well, I started six years ago. Um, but really it was more like four or five that I got back into it. Um, and I've just been coaching ever since then. It's nothing really like... Uh, but you've got I'd the qualification. Oh, I've got the qualification. Yeah, I'm a PT. Important. Yeah, so I qualified as a PT uh, yeah. 2017, and then I moved back to Tenerife because I'm from. I've went. I thought I was going to go back there and be a coach in Tenerife. Didn't work out, and then I've been back here just before COVID, and then trying to find my feet with coaching because it kind of went up and down. Because I was coaching for three months before, or yeah, three months before. Then COVID happened, so I was kind of forced into like online training and classes, yeah. and it wasn't really a conventional way of of coaching as such. And then over the years, it's just been going back and forth with that and finding who it is that I want to work with and where I'm going to go with that. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I really want to get into all things women's fitness today. Mm-hmm. Like I said to you before the podcast, my goal is kind of that somebody listening will then leave this podcast with a better understanding of where they should be going, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, mm-hmm. because Obviously, I'm trying to appeal to people who are into fitness, but there's also people who haven't really started and they don't really know where to start. Yeah. So I kind of want this to be like a really solid intro episode into that. So the first question I want to ask is, where do you think most women go wrong when they're embarking on a fitness journey? Take someone who, you know, hasn't really committed to the gym or an exercise plan before, they're kind of new to what they should be eating. I know it's a very broad question, but there's so many. Well, yeah, that I could go yeah. Down. Where do you think, from your experience, most people are going wrong? I think number one on the list would be a fixation of weight, and that is like the metric of success when it comes to fitness. They just want to lose as much weight as possible. You speak to any woman, they're like, "Oh yeah, just just want to lose two stone," and that's like the first thing they do, which then cascades into them going like right okay where can I get this weight loss where is weight being spoken about slimming world weight watchers so I think the biggest mistake at first is just fixating on that number too much because then they're going to go down the wrong like avenues of how they're going to get there and that usually comes from not eating enough or just getting misinformation on Instagram or wherever it's that they're getting which puts them at a disadvantage later on down the line because they get used to the habits of like oh I need to lose two pounds in a week and I need to do that every single week. And then when they don't, okay, that doesn't work. Let me go on to the next thing. Yeah. Let me find what it is, whether it's shakes or or something that's just going to be quick and right now and just give them that that number. Yeah, that's so true. And I think even just the general culture that we live in tends to push weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with there being like slimming shakes or, you know, fat burner workouts, everything is advertised to help you lose the weight. Mm-hmm. But actually you can have such better goals that might then, you know, not just focus on the scales. So like as a coach, how do you then kind of help people unlearn that and actually push their goals towards something else? It takes a long time. I'd love to say it's something that just like you do two weeks of coaching and they, they're sort of results. Yeah. And some people it takes like two months, some people it takes six months, some people it takes a year. Unfortunately, some it takes even longer. Yeah. But I always try and angle it of like, okay, if you're obsessed with a number, like try and use that sort of mindset and go with other numbers, like trying to get stronger, mm-hmm. like focusing on things that are actually like tangible and actually probably make more sense than weight. Um, I get women to weigh themselves daily, which I know can be a bit of like a, a gray area to go with because it gets a bit obsessive, but it just shows them like there are so many things that factor it and it doesn't really take into account like 
anything yeah. other than like gravity. That's literally all it is. That's true. And I think as well, people can obviously get quite obsessed with scale weight. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a fat loss journey, you want to see that going like the number shrinking. But actually it can be useful to kind of, like you just said there, show you how many factors come into play. Mm -hmm. For example, I might have a week where I just feel heavier and a bit fluffier, but my period might be due and I've gone up a kilo, but I haven't put on a kilo. Mm -hmm. It's just that week and then it goes back down again. So in a way it can also help you understand how many different things come into play. It's like a learning tool when you can like, you don't just like blindly just like keep weighing yourself and not really think about it. But it's mm. like, okay, like you said there, it went up. Could it be because you're on your period? Could it be because you've not really slept that well? Did you go out last night? Did you, whatever, you really stressed? And then when you start seeing the note, like the differences, maybe it takes away some of that. Okay, I don't need to obsess about it that much. Yeah. And I have said sure. it before to, to my clients and pretty much a, like a lot of people I speak to is like, if you, if you look the way that you wanted to look, but you weighed the same, if not more, most people would be like, okay. I'll take that. I'll take the way that I look. They, they don't disregard it then. Yeah, like we don't walk around with like how it's much we weigh on, head, on yeah. our foreheads. Like you just look at someone's like physique as a whole. So actually the number doesn't necessarily, it uh, doesn't track your progress as well as other things. Yeah, it's not the number that they want. It's everything that comes with it. Yeah, And they think, true. okay, for me to look this way, for me to be able to do all these things, I have to lose weight. And it's that's not what you're chasing. But that because maybe they're misinformed or because of whatever it is in like social media and society or whatever, that's what they think they have to do. It's like, okay, in order to get six pack, I have to lose like weight. In yeah. order to have a bum or legs like her, I have to lose weight. That's the only way they like, look yeah. at it. Yeah. It's something I mentioned in a previous podcast as well, that often we kind of pin, we have these fitness goals, like we want to lose a kilo or whatever, but it's often a proxy goal for something else. Mm-hmm. So by thinking I'm going to lose a few kilos, then I'll be happier. But actually your goal is to just be happier and live a more fulfilled life. Do you find with your coaching that it can kind of turn into a bit of a therapy session in that sense? (laughs) I feel like a therapist sometimes because I do, obviously I focus on the fitness side of things, but then we do like check-ins where we talk about like life and just generally catch up. And a lot of the times it is you just get stuff that's not really about fitness anymore. It's almost like not life coaching, but like therapy as such. Yeah, exactly. And I guess sometimes that's welcome and then other times it must be quite difficult. I don't mind it. I find it really interesting. Like I'm yeah. really deep into all the like mindset self-development stuff. Sometimes a little bit too much. Yeah. But I like, I love sharing things that I've like read or sometimes I get a bit like too into it. So then it might like set the precedent of like, okay, we well, like talking about this stuff. So every week we'll talk <laughs> about week. it. Yeah. Um, so it's probably my own fault, but I do, I do enjoy it. But yeah. then like, sometimes you feel like you take on people's like problems and responsibility and like things going on in their yeah, life. Yeah, and that must be quite a lot to manage as yeah. well. But just taking it back to fitness, um, give me your tips for fat loss and muscle growth. And can you do both simultaneously? So you can at the very beginning, like you get like newbie gains as such. So in your first like one to two years, you can do both. Um, but I would always say not really necessarily focus on one exclusively. I don't really do like muscle building. Like A lot of the ladies I work with is more like fat loss, but they do build muscle. And this is why the weight thing as well, when they weigh themselves, it's like, it may stay the same, but your body looks completely different. Yeah. Um, but in terms of tips, so I just help like the average Joe. Yeah. I don't know what the woman version Jolene. of that would be. Average Jolene. <laughs> um, and I know they're never going to be athletes. Like I don't train them as athletes. They're never going to be like bodybuilders or they're not going to be like competing in, in weight sessions. So you just do like the basic stuff. Uh, so a lot of people just don't 
like walk enough, don't move enough throughout the day, don't get enough protein, don't drink enough water, don't like manage their stress, don't sleep enough, too dependent on caffeine. So if I had to give any tips, well, the basic tips is like focus on those first and obviously get in the gym um, because you'll get a lot more return as opposed to looking for the big thing, like the big shiny gem that's like mm. eat this meal after four o'clock, once the sunset and then you'll lose weight. Yeah, It's just like simple stuff that I people disregard. I do think disregard. nailing the basics is so, so important. Mm. And I mentioned it with another podcast guest that it's almost frustratingly easy that like, oh, if I actually sleep eight or nine hours a night and I eat good whole foods and drink enough water, like I feel better. Yeah. You know, like such simple things. But it, because it's so easy to do, it's so easy not to it's do. It's overlooked as well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and what about um, somebody who does want to kind of build a bit mus- bit of muscle, have some more shape to them. Because I think we're kind of moving away from the stereotype that if women lift weights, they become bulky. But I do think some people are still a bit tentative about stepping into the weight section. So mm-hmm. what would your advice be for somebody who does want to, you know, build a bum, yeah. grow the glutes, that kind of thing? I suppose the sarcastic answer to start off with is like the bulky side. It's like I've been training for nearly eight years still not bulky like it's not I think women think they're going to go into the gym pick up a weight after two weeks and turn into like Arnold Um, so it does take a long time Um, but in order to grow muscle you have to lift weights it's not a case of doing these like booty bands or kickbacks on the Stairmaster and walking on the treadmill like you have to go lift weights and get stronger so I suppose that's like sounds really obvious to say um, but a lot of women disregard that and just make sure that you're progressing over time so not just stagnating so I think mm. the problem is once you do get past maybe the gem anxiety side and you are training, you're almost training like blindfully. So just going in, okay, I'll do a bit of this today or I'll do a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, the leg press is free. I'll, I'll just go sit on the leg press and yeah. you don't know what weight you're doing. You don't know what you did last week. And it's just, just like going through the motions and just ticking the box. Like it's all well and good getting in there, but like getting into the gym, but then you actually have to make that time yeah, count. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that was my situation just like a couple months ago and that's the reason I got a coach because I just hit a plateau Mm. like I live quite a busy lifestyle like I'm balancing uni podcasts and I waitress as well so I'm on my feet quite a lot but it just meant that I wasn't putting much effort into the gym and I was going in and just lifting the same weights and as long as it was hurting I was like well it's an effective workout but you know I wasn't seeing any progress like I hadn't really pushed myself for a long time and so I was that's why I've like signed up with a coach now to like give me a plan hold me accountable and I feel like it's working really well and I'm someone who has been going to the gym for like five years but even then like you still need sometimes that extra push to actually see some sort of progress for other people that I know you said you're coaching maybe more beginners Mm -hmm. but for someone like me who kind of has like gone a bit stagnant, what's your advice to kind of, I like don't know. Spice it up. Yeah. Kind of like I think of it get is to having that the next st- level. Having the structure. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Cause like even me, I still get coaching for someone else to do my training. Do I'll say you? Yeah. I just, like my, my mate said it to me yesterday. He was just like, well, you're a PT. Like, why are you paying for coaching? I was like, cause I just find it boring. Like if I know what it is that I'm writing, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like I've written it. Whereas if someone else has done it, it kind of makes it a little bit exciting. It's almost like, okay, what's, what's going to happen today kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Surprise me. Yeah. It's like a surprise and it just keeps it interesting. And then it's just either change it. If you're like reaching a plateau, it's like changing the way that you're doing. So if you're doing the same exercises for the last like six months, maybe it's changing 
what it is like the rep ranges and are you going to use a different machine or do the same exercise in a different way but it's i see it as like a like a scoreboard like like a game basically Mm. like last week i thought this like let's see if i can beat my high score on lunges yeah let's see if i can like get a little bit stronger that's something else i found so useful because i input my exercises um into an app Mm -hmm. and not everyone will have the app but even just having it on your notes and like you said like you can check back and it's like you're competing against yourself that's it and especially if you're someone who's a bit competitive it's really helpful then it is a bit demoralizing if you can't like do the same but <laughs> yeah. you know that you've set the benchmark then but then you find like, out why as you well. improve it's like definitely like i went first session back after a week of being ill today and didn't feel strong but mm. i know that i'll get back there just need a little bit of time and it's even things like that so i get clients saying oh, i've not really done well this week mm. like, my lifts weren't as good but i'm ill exactly so i've been looking at your instagram uh content <laughs> God. It's so funny. I feel like a lot of the stuff that you post is kind of calling out bullshit in the fitness mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. So my question to you is, what are your biggest bugbears in the fitness industry, particularly what we see on social media? Mm-hmm. I think it's a lack of understanding the responsibility you have as a coach. Mm. I think a lot of people just think, I'm just a PT. I'm just going to be counting reps. And there are people that are just like that, but I don't think they see the bigger picture, like the implications of... First and foremost, that hour could be like the only hour that person has. So they want to come in there and have like a, I don't know, you end up being a therapist to them, whatever they want to try and get better. But like you getting them in shape, you helping them lose weight is going to improve so many areas of their life. And I think a lot of people just disregard that and they just see the money side of it. That's my biggest like pet peeve is just like, oh, it's £40 an hour. Yeah, but it's more than that. Like it's not just about the money, but for some people it is. And I've unfortunately met a lot of coaches and worked with them that, I could just tell they're not in it for the right reasons. They're yeah. in it for the paycheck. They're easy in it for being in the like being in a tracksuit as your work clothes and stuff, and just sort of having a laugh and just like not really seeing the responsibility you have, like taking care because you're like, you're a health professional at the end of the day. It's almost like I wouldn't say like a doctor, but you could have that implication on someone. Yeah, you, like you've got the power to transform their life. Yeah, what is it you get out of coaching? I just love seeing people just improve. The side, seeing people improve, like knowing that I've helped someone get to the next level because a lot of my coaching is more like mindsety stuff. So my brand is called Live Better. Um, mm. Seeing people like come into the gym. So I say fitness is the metaphor for your life. So once you see, because I feel a lot of people, especially women, don't believe in themselves. They don't think they can do stuff. They kind of just live at this like 50% of like, oh, I'd love to do that. But no, it's just it's not for me. I'd love to go for that job promotion. and I'd love to tell, can we swear? Yeah. yeah, I'd love to tell someone to fuck off but I'm just not confident enough so once you start coming into the gym and you do little things like defeating gym anxiety you start getting PBs your clothes feel a little bit looser your auntie that you've not seen in six months suddenly says oh you look really like you look really nice then I think that sets the wheels in motion to be like right okay I didn't think that I could do this I didn't think that I could train in the gym or lose weight but I actually can what else have I been telling myself yeah, that I can't do that's so true and it chimes in really nicely with the last um, conversation I had with a girl called Imo, who she calls herself like the hybrid hype girl, like her content is about empowering women. And we were saying how a lot of women don't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because it kind of feels like you're competing against all these men who just kind of do it without a second thought. And they just, you know, they want to do a marathon, they sign up, they do it. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think internally us women just always 
not everybody, but a lot of us kind of feel like we can't do stuff mm -hmm. when we can. And fitness is such an amazing place to start because, you know, if you can hip thrust 100 kilos, How amazing what else can you yeah. do? Exactly. I think it's the first domino. Like mm. it's the easier, it's like a low barrier to entry. I think it's not like you haven't got to run a marathon. It could literally just be like, right, this is the limiting belief I had yeah. of just being, getting in the gym. And now it's been a month and I've been going to the gym by myself. I've even gone into the scary section of the gym. And then that's it. It just like you, it hopefully puts the world's emotions to see where else you've been going wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just touching back on what we said about um, fitness people in this, in social media. <laughs> Do you think... Um, like P, like the PT industry has become a bit oversaturated. Yeah, there's a notion of, which I'll try and take the piss out of, of people getting in shape and then thinking they can coach people right. without doing the qualifications. Now, the qualification isn't like amazing. It's kind of like driving. Like you learn to pass the test when you just like start driving and then you learn to drive. So it's mm. kind of the same thing. You do, it is very much like you learn on the job. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, there's a lot of younger lads or girls that, a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Either look good naturally, like especially... Of I'll come back to that in a second. Um, they just do a transformation. They're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to start charging you like £200 a month. Mm. And then they just like don't know how to coach people, don't know how to like relay the information or make people believe themselves and all that sort of stuff. And then it gives that person a bad impression of PTs and then that's it. They'll probably never get a PT again. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And also because we as individuals are quite caught up in aesthetics, mm -hmm. You know, me as a girl, like I will look at another girl on Instagram and think, wow, she looks amazing and I'll instantly want to look like her. But that doesn't necessarily mean that person has the correct coaching practices to then like help other people achieve their goals. Well, this is kind of what I poke fun at of like yeah. other girls that are just like naturally gifted. Maybe they've just got big glutes or nice legs and stuff and they're a coach. So women will automatically love, if looking at two, they look at me, they look at a woman they'll be like, okay, now I'm going to go with her because she looks the way that I want to look. Mm. But she might necessarily be able to coach you. Yeah. Especially the women that I work with, which are usually a little bit older. Sometimes it's not just a case of go do more hit for us and it will sort itself out. There's like a bigger implication. Um, so yeah, it, can, it just can leave a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, definitely. And then that adds into the narrative of, oh, well, see, oh, there was that one time that I tried to get in shape and it didn't work out. So I'm never going to be able to do it. Yeah, like the limiting beliefs That's the limiting again, belief. It just back. adds into the narrative, right? So it's kind of on the same um, wavelength. I want to talk about trying to balance um, a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. because it's something I 
am personally trying to deal with is this idea of being disciplined mm -hmm. with my diet and exercise, but not being restrictive mm -hmm. because I have had um, history of restrictive eating. So when you take on clients, what's your advice around kind of ha living a healthy lifestyle, making good nutritional choices, but not missing out on everything, yeah. you know, not eating out of Tupperware for like the rest of your life. <laughs> it's boring stuff. <laughs> it's just like being, this is where we look on so many different areas of just like, like I said before, with the steps, with the water, like I say like 80% of the time, try and be, I hate the word good or healthy, like just fucking despise that. Mm. Um, but just like eating whole foods, getting your protein in, training hard. And then the other 20% of the time, like still have it. So like the first thing that I say to women when they start coaching, we do like a food diary and stuff. I'm like, what do you like? Like, do you like a galaxy bar? Do you like a packet of crisps? Eat it every single day. And everyone's like, oh, like, that's the sound right. And the reason I say that is because if you start as you mean to go on, if you include these things that are somewhat bad or unhealthy, yeah. then it's not going to feel like a diet. Because I feel people resent the diet towards the end because it takes away everything. Yeah. There are certain coaches that are like, you can't go out, you can't drink, you've got to eat out of a Tupperware, you've got a meal prep for 67 days or whatever stupid things that they do. And it's all well and good at first. It's all well and good when they're like buzzing. They're just like, yes, I signed up for the coach. Motivation. Motivation's high. They're like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. I yeah. won't go out with the girls. Like I won't, I'm not going to do that. And then it gets to week six and they're like, fuck, it's like I'm sick of this. Like, so I think if you start, you mean to go on. So if you include a glass of wine, if you include chocolate, include crisps, whilst being in a calorie deficit and making sure you're tracking, um, then you won't feel like life has changed that much. Yeah, no, I saw your um, a post on Instagram of um, you imitating like the girl in the kitchen, like throwing out all the bad food <laughs> saying like, I can't have this if I'm on a diet. Because I think people do go into that all or nothing mindset mm -hmm. where they think you can't have any bad foods yeah. to label them that way. Um, and then you end up in this terrible like binge restrict cycle yeah. where because you've cut out everything you enjoy, then you then binge on it yeah. and then you kind of, you know, and the problem throw is the baby out with the bathwater. They cut it out at the beginning, which may be a big part of their life. So the biggest one's bread because bread is the devil apparently. So when they cut that out, they lose the weight straight away and then they associate like, oh, okay, I've lost weight really quickly mm. because I've not now uh, not had bread. Carbs so it they. must be the bread. It must yeah. be the carbs. Well, no, you just cut out a massive part of your life. So obviously you're going to lose weight. But then I turn that around. It's like, okay, it's all well and good. But what happens when you do want bread? What happens when you do want a glass of wine? What happens when you do want to socialize or have chocolate? Yeah. What do you do then? Yeah. You just go back in the same cycle as what you've always done. You reintroduce it. You don't know how to manage it because you've not done that in the first place. So then you go completely the other way. You spent mm. two months of not having Galaxy and now you're going to have every, every chocolate bar under the sun and then some and then do more because you've restricted, restricted mm. and the cycle repeats. Yeah. I saw um, another content creator did a post about this topic and they said like, yes, you can have balance. Like balance is so important but you do also have to have some sacrifices yeah. if you're, you know, embarking on a fitness journey and yeah. you want to change things. And that resonated with me because I thought, yeah, like I feel like I can do both of those things. Mm -hmm. Like I love food. I'm such a foodie. So I will still go out for dinner. I'm not going to say no, but I might not have like four courses yeah. and a bottle of wine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. the sacrifice. But the balance part is still going out and eating foods that I enjoy. Exactly. Like, is that something you'd sh like preach to clients as well? Yeah. So the way there's loads of different avenues can go down, but my big thing is like preparation. Yeah. So everyone's going to have social events. And I heard in a podcast once like a problem 
dealt with in the future is far easier than in the moment. So if you keep turning up every Friday and you're just like, oh shit, I need to go socialising again, you haven't thought about it for the last seven days and you just go out and get pissed and you do it again Saturday, you just keep going for the cycle. However, if you get to Monday and you look at the rest of your week, like, okay, or even just look at your month or however, however far you can go ahead and you've got these social events, you've got like a catch up with a friend on a Friday, you've got a 50th birthday party on the Saturday and then the following Friday you've got a kid's two-year-old, like a two-year-old's <laughs> birthday party. Yeah. You look at those and think, right, okay, there's three situations there where I'm going to be put in front of um, temptations or where like where I could trip myself up. Yeah. So then you decide which one's more important. So the catch up with a friend, like, do you need to eat? Do you need to go like completely AWOL or could that just be a coffee and a catch up, like a coffee and a walk? Mm. Could you maybe change that? Do you have to go crazy at the two-year-old's birthday party with all the food and stuff? I'm not saying you can't have it, but does that need to be an occasion where you drink and go absolutely crazy? And the reason that you do that is because the 50th birthday party, you know you're going to want to go a bit more wild or you want to like drink a bit more. So then you save it for that. And by thinking about these problems, or not problems, about thinking of all these areas where you could trip yourself up, you can then make the sacrifices. Okay, I've got the 50th birthday party on Saturday. So Monday's a Friday. Maybe I'll save some calories. Maybe I'll save like 200 calories per day so I can transfer that over into the Saturday mm. and I've got a bigger cushion to play around with. Or maybe Monday to Friday, that means, okay, I need to be a little bit more disciplined. I need to make sure I get my gym sessions in yeah. because I'm probably going to be hungover on Sunday. So I'm not going to tell myself that I'm going to go to the gym because it's not going to happen. so bad for that so bad for that I'm like I'll just sweat it out the next day never and do it never happens whereas <laughs> if you just do everything you get it all done like you think about the problem before it's even happened you've got more chance of staying on track you feel better and you can keep moving yeah. towards your goals yeah I think it's just about making it a lifestyle isn't it because as well when someone embarks on like a fitness plan it's normally time blocked so mm -hmm. you'll sign up for like three months of coaching or six months of coaching but then you've got like the rest of your life to also kind of keep up with this yeah. healthy lifestyle so it has to be attainable from the start otherwise it's never going to be fitness is not a game you complete like mm. it's not right like you said there three months done that's it i'm never going to be like never going to have problems again yeah. you will have problems you will go through a three month period where you get in really good shape and then you'll get to month four and it all goes downhill yeah and then you build it back up again like it's just it is it's cliche like live better is the thing that i've done because it's not a case of right you're trying to do work 100% every single time you might be at 80% and some days it might be really good some weeks you might be really on it you don't drink the scales go down but then some weeks life happens yeah, like definitely. you get ill you have more social events things just go wrong mm. but then you just turn up the next day and implement the same little habits that you just keep as consistent and then you just yeah. make it so much easier if there's no like end goal it's because the, the people freak out and they're like right okay I've got this wedding on the 19th of November I need to do everything within those two weeks and then afterwards I'm going to do nothing but if you just made it consistent if it just made it your norm if you trained a little bit slept well drunk water that sounds really boring yeah. and like, I'd love to give <laughs> them really the interesting stuff, it is though. I'd love to give an interesting answer but the more that you can do that consistently or at least 80% of the time you'll find that everything just kind of naturally flows yeah I really like that ethos around like just living better That's it. because Yes, all the fitness stuff is so important, but a lot of it is how you feel mentally. Mm -hmm. I know you said earlier that you're kind of interested in like this whole mindset and like self-improvement mm -hmm. as well. What sort of tips do you give to clients coming on board? Take someone who, you know, has struggled to lose the weight in the past. They maybe have low confidence, but they're embarking on this journey with you. Mm -hmm. What are some of your tips to kind of help that shift in mindset towards growth? I suppose it's allow the biggest one is allowing yourself to get it wrong. Yeah. Not thinking you're going to get it right all the time. 
I was going to say, get a coach that you can work through that because a lot of people are in their own heads and they see like they see an obstacle and they're like, oh God, that's it. I've ruined, I've ruined my journey. And that's where having the right coach can sometimes, that's what a lot of my um, clients say. It's like, I see something in this way, but then you switch the perspective of how you can see it. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's all behavior. I think fitness is more behavioral change than anything else. It's unprogramming what it is that you've been doing over the last either five years, but for some women it's like 40 years. So don't expect for it to happen overnight. Like give yourself time and actively work on it. If there's something that keeps tripping you up, why does it keep tripping you up? It maybe it's just a case of looking differently. And I try, I try and push like podcasts and, and books and things like that, because if you've just got one way of thinking about something, it's not a really strong opinion, but if you see a situation and you've heard so-and-so on this podcast, talk about it this way, they've said that, or oh, I kind of like how he says it, didn't really like what they what they had to say about it, you form a better opinion, but it's something that happens like constantly over time. Yeah, no, it's, it's so like true. It's like an everyday thing. It's not something that will happen within a week. Yeah, and everybody just builds up their own bank of evidence. Yeah. of, And that's where the limiting beliefs come in because you might have tried and failed in the past, but you mm-hmm. think that's the only route. So then you label yourself as a failure. Yeah. But actually there's different approaches that you can take towards fitness or just other lifestyle changes yeah. that will hopefully put you on to a better path. Well, that's the problem as well. If you've had friends that have done it, it's like, oh, well, this worked for Sally. Yeah. Like keto worked for Sally. So, and it doesn't work for me. Clearly I'm a failure. No, yeah. it just doesn't align with you. And it's fine in different ways of doing that. Like you can always get the same result, just maybe in a different way. And that's where coaching, I think is so crucial. And I think everyone should do it for at least six months because it's finding that way that works for you. Because the problem is people, women try and go for, for just one way it doesn't resonate with their life or it doesn't work. Oh, okay, well, I can't do it. Mm. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. you need someone just to tweak this. Maybe you can't do as many steps. Maybe you can't do these training sessions. Maybe your training sessions needs to be shorter, but you can still get what works for you. And then you go from Definitely. there. Definitely. Do you have any um, success stories from your coaching that you would want to share on the podcast? Uh, I think my latest one, I've got so many and I hate like choosing just one person because <laughs> it. May, I feel like I'm leaving around. I think everyone's got their own success story. The thing is with, with my stuff, it's a lot mental. Like I see the change in the way that they hold themselves, the way that they talk. And I can't re-relay that. Like I sit there and talk to you and be like, oh yeah, she used to be like this. And now she's yeah. like that. Like, because you don't see it firsthand doesn't hit as well. So unfortunately I kind of have to go down the, the weight loss side or like visual pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'd say Lisa recently lost 20 kilos. Uh, she's got yeah. rheumatoid arthritis. So everything was kind of going against her. I think she was wheelchair bound maybe last year. Um, and then she was, she joined me in January and just absolutely trying like smashed it. That's the picture incredible. is crazy. I think, yeah, I think the picture gives it more, more justice than it, what it does. And then Sam, she lost 15 kilos which again, I don't like talking about weight, but it's it's the way that people see it, unfortunately. It's yeah, just, you yeah, can't, yeah. you can't play the game sometimes. Um, and then there's just been other like women who, when they message me and they're just like, oh, uh, like at work, people were giving them shit and then they turn around and just told them to fuck off. Like, it's just little <laughs> things like that. Are just like standing up for themselves or having a belief or getting back out and dating, like mm. going through like, a rough period with that and then having the self-belief to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to go out and and find a man or whatever it is what yeah. they want to go to. But it's just like building that confidence in the gym then applies to so many other areas of life like we touched on earlier. And I think yeah. as a coach, that must be so amazing to see just like not just the physical transformation, but the mental transformation yeah. as well. There's so many like I did a group coaching program recently, which is not really one to one. It's kind of like a lesser version. Okay. So they don't get like as many touch points. But there was one woman on there 
and she like hated the gym not hated the gym but she was so nervous and she like in those eight weeks she was like it's it's now set the wheels in motion she'd lost i think it was like six kilos in the eight weeks but her family started commenting she's now not as scared to go into the gym and now she's doing one-to-one with me but it started that that process she goes i've learned more in like eight weeks than i did from weight loss she like unfollowed all the weight loss um groups like slimming world and weight watchers and stuff yeah and she said that she's found it less complicated like it didn't there was so much information out there Whereas really she just had to do one thing, not be restricted, go to weddings, go and enjoy herself, get drunk, but still manage yeah, to get Yeah, and just have a bit of guidance along the way, I think just makes it so much easier. Just have fun. Like that's yeah. it's such a simple, like, just make it fun. Yeah, It yeah. doesn't need to be boring. I feel like my mum's a prime example of that because she it hasn't been an extreme yo-yo dieter, but she's mm. tried lots of different things before and hasn't worked out. But now I feel like, you know 54 years old she's finally found like a really nice balance of going to the gym and going to her circuit classes and making smart decisions with food but not missing out on social plans and she's 54 years old like it's taken a long time to get there but I'm proud of her because um yeah she's she's smashing it so my last question to you which I ask everybody on the podcast is if you had to give a piece of advice or a quote or a mantra to help people achieve their personal best what would it be? I've been thinking about this. I don't know. I think I'll do it in two parts. I think uh, go and find out what it is that you can do. Like don't give, I think limits, like don't give yourself limits. James Clear has a quote of, that he says people are so caught up in the fact they have limits that they rarely exceed the effort required to see them. So they just kind of like dabble. They're just like, oh, we'll do that. Like I think go spend six months of just like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, doing all the things that scare the shit out of you and then see where you are. And then a second quote is the Nelson Mandela one when he says, uh, there is no passion to be found in playing small and settling for a life less than the one that you're capable of living. Yeah. Like, just go and find, like, just yeah. go and find out. Like, don't be scared. Actually, no, be scared. Like, all the stuff that is, like, you're a bit nervous about or you don't know what it's good, like, just jump headfirst into it and see what it is you can do. I don't know if that's answered the question. No, the that best. perfectly answers the question because the whole point of this podcast is I've said it before but I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do to become the best version of themselves Mm. like I don't have the textbook for that yeah it's more just about learning from other people taking some wisdom from them taking some advice from them to hopefully give people some tips some pointers to become a better version of themselves yeah because the only game you can really win is like being you Mm -hmm. like no one else can beat you at being you exactly and so I really like what you're saying about don't feel like you can't achieve something because you've kind of set these limits for yourself. Like you don't know what your limits are yeah. until you try and push them. There's and if another, you don't, and if you get yeah. it wrong, cool. Like now you know where the bound is. Like now you know where it is. Exactly. But most people don't. They just give themselves the limit and don't give the effort. Like yeah. just let yourself fail. Let yourself get it wrong. Just yeah. do it. Like just do the thing. That's what I say to my clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard you mention that on, I think it was, one of your podcasts yeah and I said it in another one as well like I love that idea of just do the thing because even this podcast like I did put it off for a little while obviously I had to get some sort of things in place like find a studio and book guests and whatnot but the main thing I needed to do was just start Mm -hmm. and like get over the fear of it not working out or people making fun of me like it's been fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's going people good. love it and they love planning. They love saying what they're going to yeah. do. They love thinking about it. I making told little... so many people about it. That I think when I finally put out that they were like, oh, she's actually doing yeah. it now. And it's, it's 
a skill that people need is just action. Like, and it's probably mm. why a lot of things you haven't achieved is because you just don't do it. <laughs> it sounds yeah. so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is more one thing, just, yeah, just do the thing. Exactly. So where can people go if they want to find you or inquire about your coaching? Uh, Instagram is the main place, at Louise Bournes. Mm-hmm. I, I do dress up as a woman. I not really dress up <laughs> as a woman, so that's a little, um, what's the word? I can't even think what it is. Um, but yeah, Louise Bournes. So L-U-I-S-B-U-L-N-E-S. Mm-hmm. And is the coaching linked in your Instagram? Yes, it's on there, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for Thanks joining for me. me. Oh, and you have your own podcast. I do. I have two. I've got, I'm greedy. Uh, I've got Cafe Con Luis, which is more like mindset stuff, yeah. more interviews. And I've got Be Better Bite Size, which is more fitness stuff. So yeah. it's just little short snippets of fitness advice that can help you Amazing. Be, be better. Yeah. And it's in this studio, so you'll probably yeah. recognize the backgrounds. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. No worries. And, uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lewis. If you did, please don't forget to follow this podcast and keep sharing it on social media so more people can find it. But anyway, I'll see you next week for a very exciting episode. Bye for now. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com slash safety. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know. It's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. rocketmoney.com slash pod24.